Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike Shera. Good morning, everybody listening. Uh, Mike, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, today, everybody, we're jumping into a, a really practical question, and that is, what should somebody do when they're struggling? And specifically, what should somebody in the body do, a believer, when they're, when they're in the middle of a hard time? Uh, Mike, I'm going to, uh, I think, follow up with a few questions once we hear from you, but I want to pass this over to you right now, and you can kind of give us your macro idea of what someone should do when they're struggling in the body, and then we'll dive into a few more details from there. But before I do, I just want to say, if you are listening to this and you're just going, okay, that's me. I'm struggling and, and I'm in the middle of whatever the situation is for you. We already we are already praying for you that God would use some of these truths that we're going to talk about to encourage you. And we're praying that God might even use these few minutes of you just listening to a podcast to to have an impact in your day and, and week and, and life going forward. So, Mike, let me ask you, what should somebody do in the body when they're struggling? Okay. So I'm going to give one answer. There's so many ways that this can be addressed. And... Um, this is the kind of thing that I think you can address every day or every week and you wouldn't wear out the topic, okay? Because really what we're asking is, you know, like, how do you live the Christian life, okay? So when you're in trouble and you're a Christian and your sins have overtaken you, maybe you're feeling convicted, maybe you don't know where to turn and you feel ashamed, what should you do? I talk to so many people in this kind of of situation where that's where they find themselves. It's just kind of like maybe they spiral down a bit. And, and, and let's just, you know, start it by saying, but you're a believer. And I have had so many believers say, but how could I truly be a believer when I've acted like this or done that? You know, and, and that's, I always tell people that's a true believer speaking because the person who doesn't care about sin, the person who doesn't care about righteousness doesn't give it a second thought and doesn't admit that they are sinful and messed up. And so that's the first thing I just wanted to say. But but here's the answer, okay? And it might sound a little light or frivolous, but it is it's it's the exact opposite of that, okay? Talk it out. That's the word I'm gonna give. Talk it out. Talk it out. Okay. And you're like, what? <laughs> I've got four subpoints under that. And but it's all in it's, it's all in the context of something that I want to say before that. Talk it out in the context of a local church. Okay, this is the Ordinary Church Podcast. It's about the church. It's for the church. We, we want to, you know, acknowledge God's extraordinary ways through His ordinary means. And basically, He is using people in the body. It's like biblical counseling. Uh, Holy Spirit and dwelt believers can use the Holy Spirit-inspired Word to help other believers. And... When I say talk it out, here's what I mean. Talk it out in the context of the local church. First of all, number one, tell God about the trouble. You first don't run from God. Like seriously, just pause and pray. Okay, just pray. Now, I'm in 1 Thessalonians 5 right now, and I'm going to be preaching 1 Thessalonians coming up this fall. So I've been studying it a lot. But it's interesting in 5, beginning at verse 12, it says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love because of their work. So you're in a local church and there are elders. There are preachers and teachers and pastors and elders that are literally helping you. So you esteem them because of their work because they labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. You notice you're in a church. So talk it out in the context of the local church. 
It says, be at peace among yourselves. So this is a body life thing. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And so body life is saying, you're going to do these things together. So we need to talk it out in the context of the local church. And then it says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in every circumstance, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And then do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So talk it out with God, tell him about the trouble, tell him everything, don't be afraid, he knows everything, he knows more than you do. And then tell yourself the truth, let verses like this wash over your soul. Know that you should seek to do good. Know that you should rejoice and pray and you should abstain from every form of evil. So you, your sins have overtaken you and you're feeling convicted and you've, you've stepped in it once again and you are doing things you know you shouldn't do. There are so many Christians that just live a hidden life and then they come to church on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever they go to their Bible study and they, they say, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing all right and they cover up their sin and just kind of keep sweeping it under the rug sweeping it under the rug, sweeping it under the rug. And then you get to the point where you're like, I'm in trouble. My sins have overtaken me. I'm feeling convicted and I don't know where to turn. I feel so ashamed because somehow we hide those things. And so tell God about the trouble, tell yourself the truth, and then talk to a friend, thirdly. So first, talk, tell God about the trouble. Secondly, tell yourself the truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Three, talk to a friend. Tell someone about it. But here's the thing. Don't stop there. Now, you don't have to tell everyone in the world about what's going on in your life, but you do need to be connected to more than that friend. So train yourself for godliness. And how do you train yourself for godliness? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5.12 says, We ask you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly because of their work in love. Be at peace. And then here's the outworking. Be at peace. Admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one repays evil for evil. Seek what is good for everyone and, and, and for one another. Rejoice. Pray. Abstain from evil. This is living the Christian life. So I guess what I would say is talk it out and get back in the game. Don't feel like you're on the sidelines forever. Like, well, God has rejected me. Remember what Jesus said. Anyone who comes to me, I will never cast out. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Of all that you have given me, Father, I have lost none. And then all who, who will come to him will come to him, and uh, no one will be able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Right. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Super helpful and, and straightforward. I have a question for you. I'm kind of I'm kind of seeing this this way, but tell me if it's tell me if I'm seeing it wrong. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like when people are people are you know struggling with something, it can fall under one of two categories, and maybe there can be some crossover. But category one would be it's it's internally generated mm-hmm. in the sense that it's a it's a sin issue in the person's mm-hmm. life. It's springing up in, from inside of them, and it's weighing them down with okay. guilt or or shame or mm-hmm. or whatever. How, however, they're responding to that feeling. Second category would be people who are really struggling because of an external circumstantial difficulty in their life. Sickness, lost loved one, lost job, you can fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. 
Is that first question? Is that a fair categorization? And then second question: If that is fair, is there a different way that you would approach those different kinds of struggles? Are they similar? Are they distinct? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Those are great questions. Okay, so first I would say, yeah, I think that's that's a good way you can put it. You can say there's you're struggling with internal issues, you're struggling with external circumstances. But here's what I would say, and and to answer the question, the last question first, is there a different way to approach them? No. I would approach them the same way. Let me tell you why. Internal issues always turn out to be external in some way. And external circumstances always get internalized in some way. Right. right. So for example, let's say you're dealing with an external circumstance. Someone came up and punched you in the nose, okay? (laughs) Your friend, you thought was your friend, punched you in the nose. Now you have a bloody nose and your friend's saying, and you deserved it. Right. Okay. So there's a relational uh, injury that has been incurred, okay? But now internally... Now all internally these, you're dealing with all these issues, struggles right? Come up, yep, right. Totally. Now, for example, you're dealing with an internal issue. You're dealing with lust, or you're dealing with jealousy, or dealing with something where you're you're frustrated about something in life, or maybe you're you're depressed, or maybe you're you're disappointed. You're disappointed in in the way your life has turned out. You thought you'd be more fruitful or successful or whatever by this time in your life. By the way, everyone thinks like this, okay? What do you do? You, your internal is going to go external. Maybe you overeat. Maybe you cuss. Maybe you go to pornography. Maybe you yell at your dog. Maybe you maybe you break out on some people and you have this bad attitude and they're not to blame. They're just local. <laughs> they're just they're just nearby you and whoever's around you is going to get something bad. Um, that's happened many times for me where it's like, you know, you, you just become unself-aware and what happens is you you have a bad attitude about something else and you bring it into the things of life. That's what everybody does. So internal issues and external circumstances, really the approach is the same. And I think it's, again, tell God about the trouble, tell yourself the truth, talk to a friend if you need to. And you know, these are kind of check downs in one sense, talk it out in the context of a local church. But for example, many internal things can be handled between you and the Lord and everyone in the world doesn't need to know about it. Right. Okay. So you tell God about the trouble, you pray, you tell yourself the truth. Here's what the Bible says. Here's how I'm feeling. Let's get my feelings corrected, okay? Or encourage, you get encouraged or you get um, some assurance that you're going the right way. And then you might need to talk to a friend, uh, but not always. I think there's way too much gossip and slander that goes on under the guise of, I was just sharing with a friend, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then, but, but always train yourself for godliness. Like always do what is right. Do what the word says. And you'll I think you'll notice if you live like this, and also don't don't live thinking it's all about me every moment, but how can I serve the Lord and and his kingdom? Now you're looking outward and you're not looking at your belly button all the time, okay? Right, right. <laughs> or you're not doing a, you know, a deep dive into your feelings every single day. Uh, it doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't mean you ignore those things. It means some people are more wired emotional, some people are more wired stoic. I don't mean that. I just mean it, it you're going to be outward looking and how can I help? You're not denying everything in life, yeah. but you're just having a balanced view, a balanced life. Yeah. You, um, no, that, that's super helpful. Thank you. Another question. You mentioned this is all happening in the context of local church. What's different about me approaching somebody else? within the local church that I'm at and saying, Hey, I, you know, I need to talk to you. And then just going from there compared to maybe having that kind of a friend outside of the local church context. 
I think I, I can think of a lot of people who might say, yeah, I have friends in the church, but my close friends are really such and such or so and so. Or maybe they wouldn't say that, but that right. might be true of their life. Right. Why the importance of the local church? Well, first of all, we underestimate the importance of the local church far, far too often. And usually when people say that, they're basically saying, I'm not really accountable to anyone here. And I don't really want to be known hmm. and cared for like I need to be because I'm probably hiding something. That or, hey, I've got too much going on in my life and I've, I've got a foot in two churches. Okay. Uh, I have friends all over the world, okay? I have lots of friends, lots of ministry friends. God has blessed me in so many ways. But the thing is, my primary responsibility and my primary relationships are right here mm-hmm. at Grace Church of Orange. Why? Why would you say, well, but what about all your other friends? But they become peripheral to the presence of, you bless people with your presence. God blesses people through your presence. God wants you to be present where you are and in a local assembly where you are known and loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. And so your primary relationships ought to be in that local fellowship, not in a controlling way, not in a way that you're in some kind of a cult that you can't be out, can't talk to anyone outside the group. You know, it's nothing like that. Again, I, I am interacting with people outside of Grace Church all the time, but not primarily See, but primarily I'm, I'm interacting with our elders and our staff and our deacons and small group people and people in the church that I'm loving and caring for and, and knowing, getting to know one another in a local assembly. That is the way God has designed Christians to live. This is why when you move away, you go join another church as a believer. Right. You don't say, I'm keeping my membership right, at Grace right. Church of Orange, but I'm going to live in Timbuktu. Yeah. We say, we love you, we care about you, you need to join a church in Timbuktu, a good church, a biblical church, a church that preaches the gospel and administers the ordinances and does church discipline and does outreach and, and has strong doctrine and practice and will help you live out the Christian life together. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, maybe just a closing, closing thing to open up here. Someone's listening right now, let's say, and they're just going, this this is me. This is me. I'm struggling. I, mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed by my own guilt. I feel like I can barely even turn to the Lord right now. I feel like I can barely turn to anybody in the church right now. Could you just come alongside that person and encourage them with truth from Scripture mm-hmm. and just encourage their heart as they're in the middle of that really hard time? Sure. So if that's you today and you're finding yourself in rough going and... Um, you don't know where to turn, you can always turn to the Lord. Because if you're a Christian, if you're trusting in Christ's finished work, if you truly know you've been saved, you are kept by Him. Like we like we heard in Jude, you're kept by Him. That means you're safe, secure, your future is secured. And that doesn't lead you to live an ungodly life. It leads you to want godliness. And here's the thing, friend. If you are going through that right now, listeners, if that's you, then... God doesn't want you questioning your salvation. God wants you just clinging to him. And you can go to him because, remember, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You are condemning yourself in your heart, but Christ doesn't condemn you. He doesn't condone sin. He doesn't celebrate your sin, but he's not condemning you. And so I want you to know that you are loved and cared for and precious in God's sight and beloved. You're accepted in the beloved you need to know that. Okay, where do you take it from there? Talk to someone in the body. Okay, pour out your heart to God, but take that risk. 
And, and for those of you right now that are going, I, I just can't, I, fr- I feel frozen, I can't. There's two things you can do, okay? And, and let me ask you a question, because here's the thing, but let me, before I get to the two things. Well, how is what you're doing right now working for you? Being alone, being isolated. It got, to, it got you to where you are. So you're gonna tell me that you can actually get yourself out of that? No. So here's what I would say, these two things. You first ask God to send someone your way. And I mean it. And this is not magical, but it's mysterious how God could do that. Lord, please send a friend my way because I'm hurting right now and I don't even have the energy to call a friend. Lord, please, please have a friend call me or text me or have put someone in my path from our church, from Grace Church of Orange or whatever church you belong to. And, I, and, and the thing is, God can answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is, don't leave it at that. You reach out to someone. Take that risk. Coupled with that prayer for God to send you someone your way to help you. You take a risk, and and let me tell you why, and this is counterintuitive. You take a risk to reach out to someone else because they might be in the same boat as you and need that bit of encouragement. So maybe you reach out to a friend and you text them. Do you have a moment to talk? I, I I need a friend right now. Or I hope you're having a good day. I'm praying for you right now, and I, I need you to pray with me about some things. Could you call me, or could I call you? Hmm. Even that. Most of us have a phone. Most of us can text. Most of us, if we're not texting, we can pick up a phone. But do it. And I would say, friend, do it now, like right now. Because you're, if you're in despair, and you're despondent, and you're downcast, and I hope that what we've talked about here has helped you. But Scripture, God can use Scripture to pull you out of the mire and the muck. But He also uses relationships to do the same thing while with scripture to pull you out of the muck. So it's like, remember this, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You are accepted in the beloved. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord is our shepherd, right? Uh, he He leads us besides still wars. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. We know these things, but link up with another person. And if you can't think of one person right now Keep praying for God to send someone your way. But if you can't think of even one person, then then call Connor or me. Text one of us, okay? My number is 949-981-2961. You can text me right now. And mine is 714-747-1695. And you can text me right now. Right, and we realized that it could be a weird hour of the day or night, and we want it to be appropriate, okay? Uh, but if, if there's someone who needs that right now, help, you know, let us know. Now, if you do something weird, we'll block your number. Okay? <laughs> I have to say that because this could go out to the ends of the earth. That's right. So if you do something weird That's with right. that, we'll block your number and we'll call the authorities. Yeah. But if you are a sincere believer that needs help, and by the way, if you're a woman, we're going to refer you to a woman to talk to. If you're a man, we'll talk to you. And, and because we want to be appropriate in that regard in our interactions as well. But just know we care about you. We, we, we love you. And we might not even know you, but if you're a believer, if you're a fellow believer, we want you to be healthy in Christ. We want you to be linked up in a church. We want you to be able to, when you get to a point where you're like, I'm in trouble, my sins have overtaken me, I'm feeling convicted, I don't know where to turn, I'm feeling ashamed, what should I do? Tell God about the trouble, tell yourself the truth, talk to a friend, train yourself in godliness. Uh, You know, in the context of a local church where you're known and loved and cared for, and that's our prayer for you. And one last thing. And then we'll, we'll close. But one last thing. Let's say you've lasted this far through the podcast and you're saying, but I'm not a Christian. 
have we got some great news for you. Yeah. Okay, the gospel is the good news of salvation. So Connor, you you share the gospel quickly and then and then we'll sign off. Okay. That's great. If you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, thank you for sticking with us this long. The good news that we have for the world is that God is holy and people like us have messed up royally, um, sinned horribly against him, but he's come to us in the person of his son. Jesus came and lived a perfect life before God and then died on the cross for sinners like us. Undeserving, unworthy, worthless, but Jesus himself went to the cross to die for us. And then he rose again. And the good news of the gospel is captured when Jesus says, if anyone is burdened or heavy laden, come to me and and I'll give you rest for your soul. And the risen Christ now, through us, through Mike and I, is speaking to you if you're an unbeliever. And he's telling you, come to me and I'll give you rest for your soul. And if your burden is heavy, my yoke, Jesus is saying to you, is light. And he doesn't say clean up your life. He says, come to me. So believe in Christ. If you don't know Christ, believe in Christ. And the promise of the gospel is that he makes all things new and that he's going to make your life new if you come to him. Amen. 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 We love you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We're praying for you. And we'll catch you next week on the Ordinary Church Podcast.